Welcome to the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak and the Mavs YouTube channel. My name is Bobby Corella. Now, it's a Corner 3 usually, but once again today, we're just rocking with the baseline too. We're rocking with the Brandon Bass, the Dirk Nowitzki. Isaac is gone. He'll be back <laughs> next week, maybe. But joining me today, Kati Viawakati. What's up? Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. What's your favorite color? Oh, purple. What shade of purple? Like a lilac. Okay. It's like a pastel-y, like, more muted purple. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I figured we'd start with something that we like because the previous two segments <laughs> of this program on 97.1 The Freak oh, Today no. were a little bit of a downer. Me and Mike talked about all the stuff that we like and some of the stuff that we like less well, uh, with the Mavs so far this season. Transparency is key. Yeah. Sometimes it is good to just talk about your feelings. Yeah. You know, I think it's... Maybe a little unhealthy if too much of your feelings are tied up in a sports team, but this is the life I chose. You know, it in is, fact, no, yeah. the, this life chose me. Oh, okay. Yeah, this life chose. I me. mean, the Mavericks did say, "Hey, we want to hire you." So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cubes knows. Cheat. You know, Mark Mark Cuban knows. <laughs> Shout out the time he was like, "Yeah, y'all two better be fans." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> I, uh, I am. I am. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's go, Mavs. Let's go, Mavs. Um. So, okay, you just heard the last two segments. You just heard a bunch of Mavs talk, a bunch of nerdy talk. Don't worry. We got more nerdy stuff coming yes. your way here soon. Um, we embrace the nerd here. Yeah, but un unlike typically <laughs> on the show, you know, if, if we get all four seggies here on Studio 41 Radio, uh, the first segment and usually the second segment is all like deep dive Mavs. We're going to do a little Mavs, a little around the NBA stuff and yeah. just things that have caught our eye because now – you know, teams are about 20% of the way through the season. Already? Yeah, every Dang. team has played basically between like 16 to 20 games. And so wow. sample sizes are well, they they're are. like legit now. Yeah. You know, it's not just, yeah. well, you had three good games, so you're top five and everything for the next month and a half. No, like this is like things kind of are what they are. At yeah, this when I used to do um, the broadcast, I used to do the stats for them. And it's like we did not do like this season numbers until you got like a good like five or six games in yeah just but even that even that yeah you know. i know but you can't like live in last season forever you yeah. can't live in last season for the first 10 games of the season well the maps did go to the conference finals last season so we can keep banging can that drum until they're 10 over want. 500 again yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean now like if a team is struggling after 20 games they're struggling. You know, yeah. if a team is riding high after 20 games, they're good. Yeah, you know? it it speaks more to like their their true like who identity mm. of like who that team really is. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now that we've reached a significant sample size, I just got one map stat, okay? And then we can talk about other teams that maybe need to get better, okay, maybe fine. might be worse, whatever. Okay. My one map stat. Get it out of your system. Yes. So uh, thanks to Thanksgiving, uh, shout out Turkey and uh, I think chocolate and chip were the two turkeys that we pardoned this year. Okay. So oh, okay. Uh, good job, America, uh, for saving two turkeys. Uh, the rest of them I've already <laughs> eaten. But uh, the Mavs this season, as of this recording, they are nine and seven. Okay. Nine wins, seven losses. In those nine wins, 49.9% shooting from the field. That's good. Rather good. 38.3 shooting from three. That's pretty good. That's pretty nice, right? You yeah. shoot 38.3, you're going to lead the league. Yeah. 77.2% from the free throw line. Not bad. Not bad. It, it is what it is. It is. It's almost good. 
You know, it's like yeah. right at league average this yeah. year. Teams are good teams are shooting like 79-80%, bad teams are shooting like 74-75. Okay. Okay, so all right, 77 all right. you're like right in the middle. Okay. Uh, 77 good number. Good solid number. In it the, is. In the seven losses though. <laughs> oh and no. These seven losses were by a combined 35 points. So like a five Yep, five points per game, game. many of them by even one or two points. Right. Where every little detail matters, right? The Mavs, 41.3% from the field. What? As a team, 41.3%. Yikes. 30% from three. Yikes. 30.0%. That is 8.3% worse than when they win, which over the course of a game, you're taking 40 to 50 threes per game. That's like three threes. That's like nine extra points. like nine points. 69.8% 69.8% shooting from the free throw line. Oof. Can we round that up to 70 so yeah, it just well, goes to a 70 number? We could, I guess, but uh, that's, yeah. that's still bad. Yeah. 70% is still bad. And now, you know, the Mavs take about 25 free throws per game. So the difference between 70% and 77% is about two made free throws. And if you lose games by one or, one two, or two points, points. like they did against Denver when they shot 12 of 21 from the free throw line, then now you can understand yeah. why uh, why you maybe lose some of those games. I mean, I've always been very adamant that free throws are like so important. Like I'm just like making free throws, and then I'm I'm one of those people that's like, oh, we lost by three points, we missed, oh, six free throws, yeah. Yeah, I mean, opening yeah. night in Phoenix, the Mavs lose by what two points, one point maybe even. I forget the final score. They shot 21 of 34 right. on free throws. That's like 61. Right. I mean that's thirteen. Yeah. Now nobody's. Perfect, I'm one of those right? people. Yeah. No one, no one except for Dirk is gonna make, and like Steph is gonna make a hundred percent of their free throws yeah. most of the time. Like even KD misses. We just saw him miss two against Dallas a couple weeks ago. But I mean, he holy had made moly. like he had made like fifty six, fifty seven straight, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, I mean know, it happens. These are, and so for all of the talk, and there's plenty, and many of it is deserved or whatever. All the talk about, you know, uh, Luka's shot selection late in games or the Mavs' inability to make shots uh, in crunch time or Jason Kidd's rotations or Christian Wood, whatever. Like, it really is just a make or miss thing. Like, are you making your shots or not? You know, hey, Dorian, you're making three threes, you're making one. Reggie, you going three for six, you're going 0 for six. Like, that's it. That's the difference in all of these games. And so, you know, details matter. I mean, it, it. Basically boils down to, hey, you make your shots, you win. You score more points, you win. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, and the way to score more points, make your shots. Yeah, now there's more to it. Sometimes it's energy. That's yeah, not yeah, really yeah. quantifiable, though. No, it's you know, not. And I'm in the business of spreadsheets, okay? I want to be able to point to something and say, that's the story. That's you it. Know, that is the story. I mean, if you have numbers to back it up, it's always helpful. Because yeah. that, I feel like numbers tell this. I mean, I did that for years, mm. for almost 10 years. Yeah, and I mean, who am I kidding? I'm not about to go on the floor and drop 30. You no. Know? I'm, not, I'm not a real hooper. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm an analytics enjoyer. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a basement-dwelling nerd. And that's allowed. That's yeah. totally allowed. Yeah, and so now the, the Mavs are 20% of the way through the season. We pretty much know. If they're making their shots, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. If they're not, they're going to lose. And that's yep. really been the story for the last four years. <laughs> and on and on it goes. Um, but the Mavs aren't the only team. Okay, is that out of your system? Yes. Done. We're done. Okay. The Mavs are not the only team, though, that are you know, maybe expected to have been doing better, mm-hmm. but are struggling. Mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, there are teams that are expected to maybe be competing for ping pong balls that are way over 500. Yes. So, you know, it's not like the panic button is living in Dallas. Like, it's, it's being passed around the nation. Yeah. Okay. 76ers, 8-8. Eight and eight. Chicago Bulls, 7-10. and 10. Miami Heat, they were one win away from the finals last year, 7-11. and 11. Yeah. Golden State, 8-10. and 10. They have one road win. It was in Houston, and Steph hit, like, a 38-foot fadeaway three to seal that one. Otherwise, wow. Houston might have ended up winning. And the Lakers, of course, uh, they do have five wins. I think three of them are against the Spurs. So okay. we're talking, like, you know, they're, they're, it's all doom and gloom in a lot of these places. And now, typically... The way that teams like the Mavs or the Sixers or the Bulls or the Heat or all these teams that were expected to be good, the way that these good teams would get better yeah. is to poach the good players from the bad teams. But the teams that we thought would be bad are really good. Indiana Pacers, 10-6. and six. Rick Carlisle and those guys have a better record than the Mavs. Washington, 10-7. and seven. We thought that was a really bad loss. Well, Washington is fifth place in the East. Yeah. Sacramento Kings, 9-6. and six. They won seven games in a row um, as of Tuesday. And then Utah still the number one seed in the West at twelve and seven, and so I mean that's know. that's the wild card for me. I had no idea that Utah was gonna have this start and this be their identity. I thought maybe like the first five games, like okay, and then they would fall off. No, like this. Yeah, no, steady. They're, they're still legit good, and that was the team. That's like if you're the Mavs or the Sixers or the Warriors, and you want to get better, mm -hmm. it's like Utah. Hey, come get our guys. You know, we got yeah. like ten really really good players. Just come get them. But, yeah, but the uh, people that yeah. you thought would be sellers are definitely not in the seller's market right now. They yeah. probably like what they have, and they would like to stick with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, there's still plenty of trade rumors, of course. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the teams that are struggling that were thought to be good, maybe they become sellers. Who knows? Uh, trade season doesn't really officially start until around December 15th. That's when guys signed this summer can be traded. Are allowed to be traded. Yeah. Okay. And so... You know, who knows? But typically this stuff drags on into February. However, with as jam-packed as the standings are in both mm -hmm. conferences, it's kind of like, do you feel like you can afford to be patient or do you feel like it's even more urgent to get your guys now because you want to create some separation so yeah. you don't, you know, slide out of the race? So it'll be really interesting to see. Really interesting to see. Um, that's just a, a little check-in around the NBA. But now, while we're talking about sample sizes. Yes. Now we're far enough into the season to where we can know like which players are popping off. It's yeah. not just the teams. It's there. There are players that are uh, that are kicking butt and taking names here. Yeah. And so share some uh, maybe maybe some surprises so far. Okay, so a couple surprises for me. Um, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who got traded from Sacramento to Indy, he is averaging ten point five assists per game, and that is good for first in the league. I thought that was really interesting. Leading the league. Leading the league in assists per game at over over 10, 10 yeah. and a half. We know that Rick is down to let the one guy run the show, right? Yes. Like he is the one that was like, no, Luca, we need Luca to be the son, yes. right? And the Pacers have a ton of shooters. I mean, Ben Matherin, the rookie, they got Buddy Heald. They, Miles Turner now is back playing really well for them yeah. too. They got a bunch of shooting, and Halliburton is making all the right reads. Lego that God, dude Miles is, Turner. yeah, 171 assists, only 50 turnovers. So that's better than a three to one assist to turnover ratio for a 22 year old. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. The fact that he's only 22 is also super impressive. To, yep. to have like that skill set of like the court vision to be mm. able to accumulate this many assists, really impressive. Uh, the next one for me was uh, this is a fun one. So Bulbul in Orlando, has played 17 games. 
and he has uh he has totaled 33 blocks and the 2.0 blocks per game is good for second in the league. Look at Bull Bull. Yeah. 23 years old. Dude, the kids are taking over. The kids are taking over, I mean, man. he's got all sorts of length, obviously. He had that the game in Dallas uh, that the Mavs won. He was really good, but the Magic lost. Yeah. The game in Orlando, he made some plays, but the, the Magic won that one. But yeah. he is, uh, I mean, he's shooting threes. He's I think 42% it's cool that, yeah. from three, and he's still blocking shots, Yeah, too. Like, like, Jamal just gave him the playing time, and he's, he's, um... Uh, He's, he's doing delivering, well. Yeah, yeah, he's delivering. And that's a guy that fell super far on draft yes. night. Denver had him and then was they like... They didn't really use yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, they didn't know what to do with him, I think. Yeah, and, and so think, yeah. here we are. Now Bull Bull is a legit stud. Yeah, super cool to see. Um, Malik Beasley, uh, Utah, I believe. Um, 63-point field goals made. Good for third in the league. Third most in the league. And he's coming off the bench for them. Yeah. He's coming so, off Utah's bench. Yeah. Uh, so. one behind Buddy Heald for second in the league. Wow. So, and yeah. Buddy is like a three-point. And then obviously Steph first by, by a mile. A mile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Steph, right below him, though, sorry, uh, is um, Portland's Simons with 58 three-point field goals. I mean, that guy's just taking such a leap this year. Yeah. He's yeah. so good this and year. And Andrew Simons missed a few games, too. So he's only played 15 games and oh, still wow. is fourth in the NBA. 58. In threes. Yeah. yeah. He's red hot. I mean, playing without Dame a little bit, and he's still he's putting up huge numbers. For sure. It's it's cool to see him, you know, doing well. I think it's like, what, his fourth, fifth year in the league. Yeah, and, and he's only 23. Yeah, and he's taking that leap for, for these, sure. These young children. Man. Uh, speaking of threes, our guy, Josh Green, second in the league in three-point percentage at 53.1. Just behind um, Brooklyn's Utah Wat- Utah Watanabe uh, at fifty seven point one, which I mean fifty seven point one. Yeah, freakish. In the game in Brooklyn where the Mavs played the Nets, I think Utah was two for three or maybe two for four. In the game in Dallas, he was one for one. He had a bank in yeah. three to beat the shot clock buzzer, and then he got hurt. So yeah. against the Mavs this year, he was like three for five. So not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, our guy Luca is tied third in steals with 29. Let's go. DPOI campaign beginning. Just saying. You know? Just saying. Is he the defensive player of the year? Uh, <laughs> 15 games for Luca and 29 steals. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. He's playing the passing lanes. I mean, that's like the the Dirk thing. Jason Kidd as, as J. Kidd the sort slot. of slowed down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. If you're going to slow down or if you can't keep up with faster guys, then use your head. Yeah. You know, use use your mind. And Luca, of course, is a wizard. So he's picking off passes, poking the ball away from guys. He's, he's making plays. Yeah, for sure. So 29 steals. I mean, heck yeah. Let's go. And then my last one, I, this is a really interesting one. So assist to turnover ratio is always a stat that is very telling and how much, like, how much you move the ball, but, like, don't make mistakes. And sometimes it's a little deceptive because you don't have that many assists. So obviously, you know, whatever. But Kevon Looney, Golden State, 7.86 assist to turnover ratio. Jeez. Now, Kevon Looney, okay, he's a center, so he probably only has, what, one assist a game or something? <laughs> he has 55 assists this season. Jeez. <laughs> only seven turnovers. 55 wow. assists. And for seven turnovers? <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> Now, of course, a lot of his are probably going to Steph, which means not only is he giving him the ball, right. but he's also probably like setting a screen for him. Yeah. To, like you've got to be, you know, you got to time the pass right and the screen sure. right, and not commit an illegal screen. <laughs> and geez, man, I mean, 
Looney's legit good. Yeah. I mean, when I saw the number, I was 7.86. I was like, okay, yeah, like, he probably doesn't have that many. No, 55. <laughs> yeah, and only seven turn. I mean, you, d you can't only get a turnover whenever you pass it. Sometimes it's an illegal screen. Sometimes yeah. it's, like, three seconds in the key, you know, like, so, like, he's playing almost perfect. Yeah. You know? Jeez. I thought that one was really interesting. Wow. So there you go. Wow. Those are some surprising league leaders. And outside of Kevon Looney, I think every guy you mentioned is like 25 or below. Yeah. So, you it's know. A, it's a young man's game. Yeah. <laughs> the, kids, the kids are all right. The kids are taking over. <laughs> all right. So uh, I have some, some Luca stats. What you now, got? these are not stats from Luca this season. This is stats from Luca within the Mavs franchise history. He okay. recorded his 50th career triple-double uh, last week, and that's just kind of got us to thinking of, like, man, he has accumulated a whole lot of stats yeah. in his career. And so in I his, thought, okay. I mean, how many years? Five, fifth? This is his fifth, fifth? season. Yeah. yeah, he's played, like, 250 games or something, yeah. and he's already climbing the, the leaderboard of all sorts of things. And now his name is already popping up in the top ten in a lot of different Mavs uh, franchise record categories. Mm -hmm. Now he's already top ten in career triple doubles for the NBA too, so you know his name That's will be so there pretty impressive. soon too. But um, through four plus seasons, Luca is top ten in the following categories, and then I'll, I'll say how he how high he could climb: made field goals, made threes, defensive rebounds, assists, and points. Now he's also top ten in like turnovers and missed shots too. But we, no one cares. We don't talk about that. No one cares. Um, Luca this season. He's fifth in three-pointers made. He's only 12 behind Jason Kidd for fourth place, and he's only 104 behind Michael Finley for third place. Wow. The Mavs have if, – if he plays the remaining, the remaining games, he needs to make like one-and-a-half threes a game in order to pass Finley, and he's going to probably make at least two or three threes per game for the rest of the season. And so Luca, by the end of the year, will likely be third place. Has he had a season where he's made 200? Because I know Tim had back-to-back -back seasons. He where did he last made? season. Okay. Yeah, he did last season. Um, so Luca likely will already be third place all time in in franchise history wow. in made threes. Yeah, um, Luca, if he continues his his defensive rebounding rate, which is about eight defensive rebounds per game, by the end of the year he will have cleared Sam Perkins for third most defensive rebounds in Mavs history. What? Yeah, that is a shocking one. Yeah, third most. I mean, you think of like all the great bigs that the Mavs have had, but they've only been here for like one year. Right. You know, Tyson Chandler, James Donaldson, like one, two, three years. Yeah. Roy Tarpley only like three or four seasons. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's Dirk wow. and, uh, it's, it's like going to be Dirk <laughs> and just Luca soon. <laughs> wow. You know, Sean Bradley sprinkled in there somewhere as well. Um, Luca this season, 10th in assists. He could realistically pass. He's 425 assists behind Rolando Blackman. Okay. And so he needs to average about seven assists per game. If he plays almost every game for the rest of the year to pass Roe to reach sixth place. Wow. Now Roe was here for like 12 seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he's going to be now it's he's got a ways to go to get to crack the top 5. That's for not sure, going to happen for, sure. for a while. Uh Derek Harper, Brad Davis, um guys like that that he's got to pass but I mean to already be 6th. And now here's the big one. Points. 8th in points, he's got 7,464 points in his career. He's only 179 behind Brad Davis, so he'll pass Brad like next week. But that's it. He's 2,489 points oh, wow. behind Jason Terry for sixth place. And so Luke is going to be in seventh place for a for while. For a while. And then he could pass Jet to get into sixth place. 
But then he's more than 2,500 points behind Michael Finley. Okay. Who's next. So there's okay. a huge gap. So Luka's not going to crack the top five in points for like probably three or four seasons. And then he's got a while to go to hit 30. Yeah, he's 31. got a while. To, so, okay. So to pass Dirk, if Luka stays with the Mavs for the rest of his career. Okay. Okay. Luka has... <laughs> 7,464 points. To put it in perspective, Dirk has 31,560, okay? So at his current pace, career pace, of 26.8 points per game, if Lucas stays with the Mavs, maintains that pace, and plays every single game, mm -hmm. he'll pass Dirk in 901 games. Which okay? is about... Which is, if he plays every single game, does not miss a single one. So we're talking like Iron Man for... Yep. Okay. And the NBA stays at an 82-game schedule, which is not a guarantee. Okay. Okay. He would pass Dirk in the 15th game of the 2033-34 season. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so move over, Dirk. You got 11 years atop 11 the leaderboard, years. and then it's time to step aside, bud, because the next generation is coming. So that just gives you an idea of, okay. of how many points. Luca is unbelievable and he would need to be this unbelievable and not miss a single game for 11 years wow. <laughs> to pass Dirk. Wow. Yeah. The triple doubles is impressive though to me. Yeah, 50 career triple doubles, the rest of the franchise has just 40 combined. Wow. So, so he's already uh, Dirk scored 31,000 points. He only had two triple doubles. So Okay. You know, okay. uh So you know, know, you give and take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you give and take a little bit. That was good. Yeah, and there's a, there's a whole bunch more that he's going to do. We got a whole bunch of time to enjoy it. But, like, Luke is making history, like, on a nightly basis. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's pretty awesome to watch him. Yeah. Um, so, coming up next, we're going to tell some stories of our time on the road. The Mavs are going on a big, long road trip here over the next, like, couple months. They're playing a bunch of games away from home. So, Kati and I are going to share some insights on some of our favorite places to go in the NBA that you might not think are uh, super obvious. And uh, some of our favorite road gyms and a whole lot more. Coming up next on the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio. On 97 Win the Freak. Yep. <laughs> Welcome back to the Corner 3, Studio 41 Radio, 97 Won the Freak, the Mavs YouTube channel, and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> it's time to talk about what millennials love to do the most. Is Katia. this still the fourth quarter? Because normally you say, welcome back, it's the fourth quarter. Uh, this is technically the, it's, it's the second half for us. It's the okay. fourth quarter for the show. It's a square rectangle thing, but I'm holding them up nonetheless. Let's go. Get your four fingers <laughs> in the air. Um, you and I are both millennials. Yes. We love to travel, yes. right? That's what millennials do. Yes. It's sort of the stigma. I don't know how it's like twisted into a bad thing. It feels like traveling is good. But you and I used to travel with the team mm -hmm. quite a bit. In yeah. fact, you traveled with the team until last season, mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. whenever you started working for us. Yes. I traveled with the team until the pandemic began. I was at the Mavs' last road game before the pandy. That was uh, March 10th at San Antonio. Do you remember? Do you remember those meetings that we had to have when it was like? No, I wasn't on that. Trip. Oh, you weren't on that no. one. That was that was eerie. Mm -hmm. It was just like, hey, we don't know what this is. But, no, like, I mean, not to go back into it, but like, yeah, those were some weird times. Yeah, I missed that one. Uh, yeah. I didn't have to go to a meeting warning you of all the things you should and shouldn't do, but I still went on the road. So that's probably okay. not <laughs> ideal. Uh, yeah, but um, the Mavs now over the next like two really like two and a half months are playing 18 of their next 29 wow. games on the road so they started off 11 of their first 16 at home but by the end of the year you got to play 41 here yeah. and 41 there yeah. so they're making them up fast 
a lot of road games. Schedule's going to be very tough, too. But instead of, you know, uh, dwelling on the negative here, we're going to focus on the positive. Always. Some of our favorite places to visit, and that's including some of the places that the Mavs will be during this road-heavy uh, portion of the schedule. And now we want to talk about some of our favorite places to go that aren't obvious. Of course, everyone loves L.A. Everyone loves yeah. New York. That's not news, but we got some of our favorite cities. And then I also got some of my favorite gyms to be at uh, that yeah. aren't American Airlines Center. Some of the rowdiest crowds, the proudest crowds, and the loudest, loudest. crowds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Non-Mavs division. But first, um, one of this was really like this is back in 2018-19 season. So Luca's rookie year was I think the first time that I hung out with Chopper in any capacity. And one of the first times that I even hung out with you. Yeah. Really. Um, I mean, we had hung out through like our mutual friend Lazelle before, mm. but like this was like the first time that we had hung out, I think. Yeah, going out on the road. About, yeah. Um, so basically what happens when you travel in the NBA is, you know, sometimes the team practices, the, sometimes the Mavs practice, but in this case, this would be like at noon or 1 p.m., mm -hmm. right? And then the game is the next day mm -hmm. at like 7 p.m. And now, you know, over the last few years, teams have begun phasing out shoot-arounds. And so pretty much when you're on the road in the NBA, if you're like embedded with the team, you're going to practice, sometimes shoot-around, and the games, and that's it. You got freedom. So we only had to do the games because we show up, like broadcast shows up to the games. I think it's six hours before tip-off. So we would normally have to, like on game day, we're at the arena at like, 1 p.m. for a 7 p.m. game mm. so like that is the majority of our day but we wouldn't have to go to shoot around or practice so on those days where they only had practice that was a full day off for your girl yeah and on the team on the days when the team wouldn't have practice that's a, a full day off for your boy too <laughs> and those complete days off in the nba are sacred oh, oh my, my gosh anything yes. is possible you're dumped right in the heart of some of the biggest cities in the country. You got a little per diem money. A, a little. <laughs> <laughs> some places you could stretch it further than others. <laughs> yes. But you can do whatever you want. You know, um, you can just go have fun, go hang out. And so this was right around New Year's Day in 2019. <clears throat> the Mavs were in Boston mm -hmm. and we had a full day off. Full day. And it was like, well, we could do nothing or we could go do something. Yeah. And so you and me and Chopper. Who, who would have thought that this would become Studio 41, right? uh, you know, four years in the future or whatever. But we just met up. We went all through the Boston Commons. We walked all the way down from sort of where we were staying. I don't remember the neighborhood name that we stay in, that the hotel is. But we walked all the way down to the harbor. Yep. Um, Saw where the tea party went down. Yep. That whole part. There were no hats or plates or napkins no. left over. It was very clean. Yeah. Um, so they, they did a good job clearing <laughs> up the party afterward. Um and we, you know, we, we found this little bookstore. It was very awesome. Uh, we, we picked up some books and then we took an Uber, Uber. <laughs> an Uber. <laughs> we took an Uber over to Havid. And we walked You're all really through getting the, in yeah, the we spirit. walked all through the Havid yard and we had some, uh, we had some old, old fare. We had some old brews uh, on the Harvard campus. And yeah. It was just really cool. I don't know. It was one of my favorite days on the road because we yeah. really kind of explored like the whole city we really did a lot um once we ubered to harvard we walked around the campus which was really cool to walk around just it was pitch black yeah. during winter so there were no like students there it was kind of empty but yeah which is cool because well, we yeah, it was we winter want. break and yeah. so yeah seeing the library was really cool we got to see some statues of some people that we don't we don't really we know don't who really the statues know. are of but yeah. chopper took some good photos i do you. have that one photo with the red 
Red Auerbach. Yes. Yep. With his statue. Lighten his cigar. That's right. Now, that's not at Harvard. No, I think the statue that you took a picture with was not the John Harvard guy, even though the statue of him is not even of John Harvard. That's yes. always been very confusing yes. to me. Yeah, we were trying to discuss this before, but it was, mm. it's very confusing, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I think that the scene in the social network where those guys are having to chug and they're standing outside in the cold shivering uh-huh. next to the statue of the guy that's not John Harvard, um, that might not have been the statue that we took a picture with. I thought it was. Don't worry, we saw it. That's okay, yeah. Harvard is very cool. Would definitely recommend it. That little um, bar we everyone. went to was really cool. It was very cozy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was neat. Just a good time. Yeah. Just a good time. And again, those those off days, you can just do whatever you want. And now you don't have a car, so you got to rely on public transportation mm-hmm. or Ubers, Ubers. Uh, <laughs> as I often <laughs> call them. Um, but you're just kind of on your own, and it's a really yeah. good chance to explore. And now sometimes you can do it in a group like we did. Uh-huh. Sometimes you just do it on your own. I was very notorious for going on solo adventures on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which can be really fun or it can also be kind of like spooky at times. Yeah. So we want to talk about some of our favorite non-obvious places to go yes. um, in the country. Again, L.A., New York. Who cares? They're great. Everyone knows it. But here's some San of the. Fran. I feel like San Fran's on that list. too. Yeah. Miami. Yeah. Miami. You know, all the coastal cities. Yeah. They're great. Uh, you know, it's all it's all good. Um but Katya, where were some of your favorite non-obvious city? If someone is like, hey, I'd like to go catch a Mavs game on the road, or hey, I'd just like to go check out this city, where, what are some places that you'd recommend? So one of my favorites, um, I'm a big foodie, and every time we would go, we would go get these like char-grilled oysters uh, at Drago's in New Orleans. Mm. I feel like New Orleans is kind of one of those cities that's like, yeah, it probably fits on that list of like the LA, New York, like it's obvious. But it's such a fun city. And then where you stay, you're very walkable to like a lot of really fun areas. Um, I also love the beignets. I just love They're food. They're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, New Orleans nights are good. New Orleans is good. I think the players enjoy going to New Orleans as well. Yes. It seems popular for everyone. It's a popular little spot. Mm-hmm. Um, one that a lot of people don't think of is Indy. They have this steakhouse there, St. Elmo's. It is delicious. They have, they're famous for their shrimp cocktail, which I know you probably wouldn't like because you don't like spicy food or yeah, anything this is that like has nuclear any stuff, sort of right? flavor. Yeah. Okay, I can handle <laughs> a little bit of spice, all right? I'm not completely, you know, mayo over here. I can, I can uh, handle a little bit of heat. But this St. Elmo stuff will butter. like... This will like clear out your entire body. 100%. It's not it was just so funny because it's like... They told me, they were like, okay, just make sure you don't breathe in after you take the bite. And I was like so conscious of like, okay, breathe out. And then take the bite. And then every single time I would breathe in, I'm like. Huh. I mean, you're breathing fire. Eyes were watering. But delicious. That food was delicious. Chopper was there that night. It was delicious. He's shaking his head. Yes, it was delicious. Yeah, I would rather eat nothing but, you know, peanut butter sandwiches for a <laughs> month than try those. Those are free time. from the plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stock up on those. Going I do, to too. Yeah. I do, too. I do, too. For yeah. sure. Um, one of my favorite cities, Milwaukee. Milwaukee is fun. Yeah, great Midwest town. Yes. It's on a river and a lake. There aren't many cities that are on a river and a lake. Um, not the most walkable, but it's very sort of like, very kind of like old school Midwest. There are new buildings, but a lot of the buildings have been there for 50, 60 years or longer. And so it has a little bit of character. Yeah. You know, like Dallas, everything is so new. Everything is so sterile. And a lot of these cities, everything is so new. And it just kind of, it doesn't have a personality yeah you know but milwaukee is a city that really does have a personality milwaukee lazelle monica and i went to brunch 
out there and it was like this super cute little brewery but their food was delicious mm. and so that it was so fun and it was like just a bunch of like locals like it just it was it was a cool city minnesota is where i got lost in the, oh, okay in the yeah sky, minnesota's got the whole sky skywalk yeah uh, so I adventured out, um, and then it got really cold, and so someone was like, um, you can take the skywalk back, which is basically like tunnels, but above, you know, street level, where you can go between buildings. So you're walking between office buildings, yeah, The entire basically. city is connected. By and the entire city is connected, so you can technically walk from point A to point B without having to step outside, because it gets very cold there. So I was like, oh, okay, it seems simple enough. Um, no, not simple, because some of them you have to, like, take escalators, and then you're, like, in, like, after hours, like, office buildings that are empty empty and kind of scary, and I was by myself, and I was just like, what did I get myself into? But now it's a story. There was a big bummer. We were in Minnesota, I think maybe December or January. It was really, really, really stinking cold, and we were there on, I think, a Sunday, and so all the food courts that are in these buildings were closed. closed. So I had to go outside to get food. And I was like, Dang. no, I only have five jackets. Dang. That's not enough. Yeah, no, it gets so cold there. And then one of both of our favorite uh, places is Utah. Salt Lake City yeah. is a really cool place to go. It is really cool. It's a city that's it's on the Great Salt Lake. Yeah. So you got a lake on one side. And then on the other three sides, you're surrounded by mountains. Yeah. So it's just this little it's enclave. It's very scenic. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Um, they stay at a hotel that if you walk about a mile and a half, they have a really cute little coffee shop. And then they have this park with a little baby lake. I guess like a man-made lake, mm. but it has a little dock and like I would just go out there and get my coffee and like sit on the dock and you can see the mountains and just take in nature. It was pretty amazing. I you would got, go you, you got a little time. invader on ah! your forehead there, but it's gone now. Oh my God. It's gone now. It's Maybe like Salt Lake too. <laughs> um, yeah, Salt Lake is great. There was one time we were there in the winter and <laughs> I went freaked out now. <laughs> <laughs> I went to go get some lunch and uh, on my walk back to the hotel, it started snowing a little bit, and I was like, oh, this is so oh, beautiful. Oh, that's cool. And then, like, 20 seconds later, it started snowing a lot a bit, yeah. and I was like, get me out of here! <laughs> you know? Let uh, me get back! Yeah, taking walks during the winter is uh, it's, it's a very risky proposition. It um, is. My, my final one, one of my favorite places to stay, actually, is OKC, because... We you like the stay, museum? Yeah. We used to stay in the Skirvin Hotel, which is notorious for being haunted. haunted. I never noticed anything weird. I To me, it just looked like a really old hotel, and there was always piano music playing, and so it felt maybe a little... Oh, like, that's very like... Um, what's that? Jock, Jock, no, no. Uh, the Shining? The Shining. Yeah, yeah. It's very yeah, The Shining. It's the Overton, I think is the name. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The but, Overton. Uh, yeah, that hotel definitely had a lot of character to it as well. Um, the team has since relocated to, I forget what it's called. But 21C. It's 21C, okay. So it's it's in more of like an industrial area yes. of OKC, less so than like the downtown area. Um, it's all very close. I mean, OKC is not sprawling yeah. or anything, but this hotel is like an art museum that mm -hmm. has been converted kind of into a hotel, but is still sort of an art museum. Yeah. And it is... It's very dark at night. Yes. Uh, it is way spookier to me than the Skirvin. I stayed there one time and only I actually we I did New Year's twice there. Yeah, and that was very fun. That was fun. We don't need to tell those stories on here. <laughs> but, uh, I think I've only stayed there once or maybe twice. And the the one time I do remember staying there, I don't know where it was in the hotel because it's all very open, very sort of like lofty, and so sound travels. Yeah. 
But you got to remember, whenever we go on the road as an NBA team, you got 15 players, 10 coaches, 15, 20 other people, like support yeah. staff. You got media. You got all this stuff. So there's like 50 rooms in this hotel that are given to the Mavs. Right. That does not leave many rooms in smaller hotels for other people. But there was a baby at this hotel. Oh, no. And it found like, carries at that one. And it was crying like at all hours of the oh, night, no. which is like kind of annoying, but also is really spooky because yeah. I'm thinking like there's no babies on the plane. Oh, my God. Is this baby real? Uh, and then to make matters worse, which kind of adds levity to the situation, there are little tiny penguin statues okay. all, all throughout the hotel. I have a funny penguin <laughs> which story. Which was spooky at first, but then once we got used to it, obviously it was hilarious. So one of the years, the team pranked DA, and they put like every single penguin statue that they could find in front of his door. So you saw like a door with like seven penguins just like facing it. Like, and he comes down to breakfast the next day, like one in a headlock, <laughs> just like, who did this? It was really funny. I mean, this is like little 30 pound penguins. <laughs> yeah, these are, it's in a headlock. These are, big, these are like yeah. life-size penguins. And he just adopted one. Uh, it was, Fun it's, fact about that hotel too. The whole top floor is the penthouse that Coach always gets. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That must be huge. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a neat hotel. I and you know OKC is it's not a huge population. There's not like it's not like there's a thousand restaurants or whatever, but it's still a cool town. It's a cool, yeah. it's a cool little yeah. town. Yeah. And uh, OKC is one of the places. Quickly, I'm going to run through Kati because you were on the um, you were on the broadcast for so long. You rarely ever got to sit in the gym for Correct. games. Um, but OKC when they're good is one of the best atmospheres in the NBA. Yeah, those people love the thunder and it's it's a it's a common theme with a lot of like the one sports towns yeah. right or the one pro team towns you know I, I guess portland has an mls team but the blazers oh, the it's like timbers fans yeah. get really into it yeah but like the, the blazers yeah. great arena uh great atmosphere utah incredible atmosphere uh, and that one is uh it gets very loud i heard because it's like stacked it's yeah not, it's not a hockey rink yeah arena, it's very small so it's very small it's like yeah. it's made for basketball yeah same for the i mean okc i think maybe they have a minor league hockey team or something but like okc utah portland the nba team is the only team that's playing there and so yeah. they freaking love their team boston also unbelievable atmosphere i've been there three that's times a classic. love it yeah love it. if you want to go to root for the mavs good luck if you want to go to root just be a neutral fan or yeah. root for the home team you're gonna have a great time that place is packed 20 minutes before tip-off every single night. It's unbelievable. That's cool. Unbelievable. Um, okay. I guess maybe it's time for uh, for some in the bonus here. Wrapping up the it's show. It's you this time. Quick one. Two segments on this show, man. It's it the, goes fast. It does go fast. We had to leave some stuff on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Isaac. Isaac's not here with us today. He <laughs> dodged a bullet. We were about to talk about our favorite halftime show. We'll do it when Isaac is here. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make him suffer through it. We'll, we'll make him suffer through it. But... Uh, first, uh, in the bonus, Kat, you did a great one last week. Thank you. Uh, it's going to be my turn this week. So here we go. So on this program, Studio 41 Radio, we've talked a lot about the NBA for the last couple hours, some of the stuff we love, some of the stuff we maybe love less. But we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the G League affiliate Texas Legends on this program, especially because three Mavericks have been with them most of the season. So through seven games this year, the Legends are four and three. Uh, they're coming off a couple of their best seasons in franchise history. Head coach George Galanopoulos doing a great job with Shout them. Shout out, yep. George. Shout out, George. Rookie Jaden Hardy has played in six of those seven games, and he's averaging 26.7 points per game on, get this, 54.2% shooting from the floor. 
46.2% from three and 95.0% from the free throw line. He is averaging five turnovers a game compared to just three and a half assists. And so there's still some work to do when it comes to taking care of the ball, but the dude can flat out score. You don't find many 20 year olds. He did just turn 20. Oh, wow. He's 20, like zero, not 25, not 22. No, he is 20. 20. He is two Oh, uh, you don't find many 20 year olds who can create their own shot in the second round of the draft, but it seems like the Mavs might have found one. Then there's Tyler Dorsey, who might have had an up-and-down preseason showing in just a few games, but he's been absolutely lights out in Frisco. Through seven games, he's averaging 22.3 points per game on 42% shooting from three, taking seven or eight of those bad boys every night. He took a huge gamble, leaving European powerhouse Olympiacos to take another shot at the NBA, and so far he's made a really good impression. Most recently... He scored 41 points on a Monday night win against the Lakeland Magic wow. earlier this week. Yeah, 41 points. That's a great way to honor Dirk. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, finally, there's McKinley Wright the fourth, who's scoring 21.3 a night on 54.2% shooting from the field and 39% shooting from three. He's also averaging 8.3 assists per game to just 2.7 turnovers. That's a 3-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. Now, he's known more for his defense and driving, but his three-point shooting has been really, really good so far. And that's kind of been like the missing piece for him. So the Mavs need more guards. We know it. There's no question about it. Everyone knows it. That's been the whole storyline for the whole season so far. But three of them are playing pretty well in the G League right now. Does that transfer immediately to the NBA? Maybe not. But maybe it does. I don't know what it would take for these guys to get a shot with the big team. Maybe an injury or some other extended absence. Or perhaps some minutes open up here or there after a trade or something. But while the Dallas shooters and while the Dallas offense is still looking to find its stroke, find its rhythm, the Mavs is rookie and their two two-way players are off to terrific starts. If the fans want more offense, maybe help will be on the way soon. Nice. Ooh. Okay, I did not know that they were all scoring over 20 points a game. They're that balling. is so impressive. Yeah, and now, you know, all the Legends games are free to watch. They're all streamed online. There um, you go. Many of them are on, I think, like ESPN3 as well or whatever. Uh, some of them are on Valley as well. So the arena um, is in Frisco. So if you are in the Dallas area, it is good. What did we say? Good, affordable, family fun. Yeah, they have. If you've never been to a Legends game, in the end zone behind one of the baskets, they have an entire like playground set up. They yeah. got like bounce houses. They got kids like jumping rope. Yeah. Uh, kids just throwing around stuff, playing basketball. They got little mini baskets. It's a you can as the parents you can take your kids there. Let them go have fun, and you can watch the game. That's awesome. You can play with them, whatever. It's a it's a great time. It is a great time. Love so it. Definitely recommend going out there to, to check them out, but also check them out, their games. Again, their games are free to watch. They're completely accessible no matter where you are. And so if you want to follow Hardy's progress, Wright, Dorsey, what they're doing down there, check it out because, you know, who knows, maybe one or all three of those guys can contribute at some point because yeah. Katia, my God, this team needs some scoring. I know. They need some scoring. From being a super guard-heavy team a few years back, now we'll take a, we'll take a couple more. Yeah. Can you <laughs> dribble? Hey, come here. Come here. <laughs> come here. Come we here. got 10 minutes for you. Uh, okay, this was a fun show. Hope all of you listening in the world enjoyed it. I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving if you celebrate. If you don't celebrate, then I hope you had a great Thursday. Thursday. And I hope you enjoy your weekend. Of course, we got Mavs Raptors coming up here soon. We got Mavs Bucks tomorrow. That's going to be pretty tough. But hey, hard things are hard. There's only one way forward, and that's to go forward. The Mavs are going to keep pressing. <laughs> We're going to keep pressing. That's right. We're not going to stop recording anytime soon. It doesn't matter what's happening on the floor. All right, lose 10 straight. We're still recording. We're still going to have fun. Win 10 straight. We're going like to be partying it. right here on the Corner 3, Studio 41 Radio, 97.1 The Freak, etc. Bye. Bye.